Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We have the federal health minister telling Canadians, don't travel out of the country because we may not be able to get you back or help you get back if you get sick outside of Canada. So let's talk about Omicron. And joining us is Dr. Isaac Bogosh, infectious diseases specialist at Toronto General Hospital, associate professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. Dr. Bogosh, thank you very much. Would you summarize for joining us? Would you summarize, in your words, please, the Omicron variant threat today? Sure. I think it's uh, it's fair, fair to say it's high. Um, lots of unknowns, but, you know, in areas that Omicron has really got a foothold, we're seeing really high case numbers. And some people say, well, you know, I heard it's not as severe an infection. The answer to that is maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Uh, there's some very helpful, positive data demonstrating that it could be less severe. That would be wonderful. I think it's just premature to conclude that. The more important issue with Omicron is how significantly it transmits and how it chips away from immunity, either from natural infection or from vaccination. And because of that, you see it spreading like wildfire. Even if a small percentage of people who get infected, even a smaller percentage of people who get infected, require high, uh, hospitalization, a small percentage of a massive number of people who are getting infected and about to get infected still ends up being a lot of people. And that can really stretch healthcare systems that are already stretched. Okay, so the, the infection rate in the province of Ontario, uh, over 4,000 today. But ICU admissions are not up. And, and I'm just curious, so I'm the layperson asking the layperson's question, yeah. which I've done with you for almost two years now. If Omicron is far more transmissible, um, is it so because... Because it's a mild variant, is if it, look it isn't if it isn't disabling or killing its hosts, doesn't that just allow it to spread more easily and quickly? So for starters, I still think it's premature to conclude it's a mild variant. It may well be. It may not be. We don't know. Number two, ICU is a lagging indicator. This wave has just started. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have to give it a few weeks before we see the hospitalizations, ICUs, and deaths start to rise. Obviously, fingers crossed that it doesn't, but that's not a strategy. We have to be prepared for that. Yeah, no, I'm just asking the layperson's oh. question. If it isn't yeah. disabling or killing its host, yeah. is that because, is that just what's allowing it to spread yeah. more easily and quickly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The virus can mutate in ways that make it less severe. It could theoretically happen. It can mutate in ways that make it more transmissible. Hey, but we saw a virus mutate from the original virus that emerged from Wuhan into the alpha variant, which was actually caused more significant symptoms. So it does, it's not a one-way direction towards causing less severe illness. It can go the opposite direction as well, which we, we, we saw it happen. When will we know whether or not this particular variant is more or less uh, dangerous? The UK data will be very helpful. And in fact, they just released UK data uh, last night, and they said the preliminary data from the UK suggested that it was about the same degree of severity from a clinical standpoint as the Delta variant, but they have a huge caveat that it's still too early to know. There's a lot, I don't, we don't have enough time, unfortunately, to get into it, but there's excellent data available with some strong arrows pointing to that it might not cause the same degree of illness, but not all data is created equally. We have to be, be skeptical users of information. 
And, like, of course we all want it to be less severe. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. It's just we don't have enough to say it is with some degree of confidence. Mm-hmm. There's so, some arrows pointing in that direction. It's just too soon, though. Yeah, there's, there's, there's conflicting information that comes out to all of us in the general public. We're not well, infectious we to, disease specialists like you, right? So I've been well, in touch with this. context. Like, people yeah. hang off one bit of data. No, no, I, I understand. That that, oh, yeah, I know you do. But like people say, well, look at this. Well, look at that. And the answer is great. We're, it's early. We're putting all the pieces together. You need a bit of time, and then you can have a more conclusive statement. But anyone who comes out and says it's more severe or it's less severe with any degree of confidence, that's a surefire message that they don't know what they're talking about. We are going to need that information, though, because it's really important. If the general public is going to follow the advice to not have uh, people over for their you know, Christmas and New Year's celebrations in large numbers, they're going to have to be given the information that they require. 100%. That's something you and I have talked about so many times. For two years. Yeah, for two years. Yeah. But, it, like uh, again, we don't do well with uncertainty, and guess what? We're at a period of uncertainty. It stinks, mm-hmm. but we got to act accordingly. We can't, you know, you can't throw caution to the wind. You know, we can still have, but, like, no one's saying Christmas is canceled. Like, I really hate that message. Some people are taking a very polarized swing at this and saying, no, it's over. Like, enough of the doomsday scenarios. We can still get through this. We know the vaccines will still help mitigate illness and still prevent infection. Three doses is better than two, but two it's not like two don't do anything. You know, masks still help. Ventilating rooms still help. Smaller gatherings still help. Rapid tests still help. They're all additive layers of protection you can take to create a safer indoor space. I hate the fatalistic approaches here saying, oh, we're done, we're doomed. Like, give me a break. We're not. We'll get through this. It's going to be... There's going to be a lot of cases over December, January, but we'll get through it just like we got through the other ways. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I just had a poll, and I'm going to ask people to uh, respond to it after I speak with you. And and I asked whether people would cancel travel plans and limit the number of family and guests over Christmas and New Year. Not not close the door, just limit. Uh, 88.1% said, said no. It's not going to okay. surprise you, but that's, oh. that's where, you know, that's where public reaction and responses and that's why the message that we receive the consistency of the message is so really really important but let me take a sideways step here because you mentioned the boosters so there's millions of people are going to get their boosters many already have there's mixing and matching of of the initial vaccination the two initial doses and then the booster can arbitrarily be something else in my case it's going to be pfizer and moderna i've already been told that so yeah. how should we approach that? Oh, if you, based on everything we know right now, it shouldn't matter which one you get. It really shouldn't. They're both going to be fine. But listen, in six months from now, yeah, maybe one has a slight edge over the other, so you can't come back and say, you told us they're the same. No, based on what we know right now, they appear to be just fine, and they both appear to reduce your risk of getting Omicron, probably, probably looking at about 70% um, effectiveness rather than higher but that's a lot better than nothing it is so i think that's pretty reasonable and based on what we know now they're probably equivocal i would just get what first listen talk to talk and walk the walk i went to shoppers drug mart for my booster they said they had a uh, pfizer i said fine rolled up my sleeve if they said they had moderna i would have said fine and rolled up my sleeve i don't care well i don't either but i still have to ask 
Yeah. <laughs> That's my job. I have to ask you these questions. You know I that. I know, but you hear, you hear people turning around if they have brand A or brand B. I'm like, come on, really? Yeah, but it, it is a legitimate question because there no, was concern. Remember there was concern when Nassi said, well, we can extend the time period between the first and the second uh, dosage to, or vaccination to 16 weeks. That Everybody's saying, well, why? It and became an international right. question. And they were right. That's the thing. They, I don't think they communicated it well. I really don't think they communicated it well, but they were right. So here's the, so, so let me ask you this question then. Talking about communicating it correctly. Or communicating oh, yeah. Right, were vaccines oversold? Because the message throughout 2020 and 2021 was if you get vaccinated twice, essentially the feeling was we'll be in the clear. So were vaccines oversold? I think it depends on who you ask. Remember, the vaccines will reduce your risk of getting the infection, but not eliminate it. They mm-hmm. do. Even with Omicron, they do. But the heavy lifting is they keep you alive. <laughs> they do. They keep you out of hospital, they keep you out of the ICU, and they keep you alive. And the beautiful thing is there's data from every single place reporting data demonstrating the vaccinated way less likely to have severe outcomes. Um, people say, oh, look, 99.9% survival rate. Yeah, life and death isn't the only metric. You don't want to be sick enough to land in hospital or the ICU, because that takes a long time to recover from. And sadly, some people don't recover from an ICU stay, and you're left with long-term morbidity afterwards. You can prevent that from happening. You're doing something right. And there's been a lot of cases of people who've contracted COVID and are now long haulers, and they have all sorts of symptoms chasing them through life. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I appreciate people are, some people are for vaccines and others less so. I mean, I'm biased. I'm totally for them. I see the data and I work with people who are sick and dying of COVID all the time. And it's like I I see what the vaccines can do at an individual level, but also at a population level. To me, it's a no brainer. I know some people have questions. If people have questions, they should really sit down with a credible expert who will listen to their concerns and address their concerns, not shame and blame or anything like that. I don't think it's fair to treat people unvaccinated as like all the same. It's not. Some people have good questions and we got to address that. We have 57% of Canadians, according to the Association for Canadian Studies, 57% national poll saying they will not allow someone who isn't vaccinated into their home over Christmas and New Year. So I don't know if they're going to be standing at the front door with one, you know, with a QR reader or not. But anyway, but that's what they're saying. And in British Columbia, the number was 70%. Yeah. I don't fall into that category of treating all unvaccinated people as infected until proven otherwise. I think that's not the appropriate narrative. I'm clearly for vaccines. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I think every situation is unique and it depends on, you know, who you're around and what the risks and, you know, are depending on, you know, other people in the room. But, uh, you know, I think we need a, a more cohesive, inclusive approach here to get people who are unvaccinated to at least considerate and uh, and better outreach, better communication. This, this has obviously been a huge comms issue, as you touched on earlier. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 